All right. Well, we're going to uh, start over anew with this podcast. Uh, no, well, not everyone. Uh, I dropped my my recording device and that messed everything up. My cell phone. So we've got new data that's come in that's showing that the number of people infected was rather high, but not the number that got sick, the number of people that died. Those things haven't changed, but we're seeing research on antibodies and things of that nature that are showing more people had the virus and either never went to the hospital because they didn't get sick enough or they just never got sick, period. Um, so I've been, I have a friend of mine, Doc from the Breaking Wall, has some unique perspectives, or should, I should say good perspectives, on how the reopening and the new data should be uh, interpreted and looked upon and things of that nature. So, Doc, welcome into the show. Um, have you stocked up your $20,000 fridge with uh, shitty ice cream like Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> well, she has a pretty expensive uh, freezer to have all of that expensive ice cream. You know, Jenny's ice cream is no joke. It is some of the most expensive ice cream in the world um, that I've ever come across, frankly. Uh, and I've had it a couple of times. It's kind of a cult following. Uh, you go into a Jenny's ice cream store and they just don't have, here's the flavor. There's like a story behind these flavors. You know, Jenny went to a, a safari in Africa and fell into a ditch. And, you know, when she, when she woke up in the hospital, she tasted something funny. And so here's the flavor, you know, it's just really bizarre, the kind of thing that they have there. But, you know, I don't know if I would, not only would I, would I avoid paying that kind of money for ice cream? Uh, I, I would avoid Jenny's personally. If you Google, you can, you will discover that there are some, some health issues with Jenny's ice cream. Uh, there was a listeria breakout a couple of years ago where they had to shut down operations for a pretty significant period of time. So Nancy Pelosi, as far as I'm concerned, she can have all the Jenny's ice cream she wants. Yeah, that's, um, that was, I was on like, wasn't even on the late show. It was on the late, late show, which shows you where Nancy Pelosi ranks in the world. But uh, that was just a strange episode, and it's now turned into a campaign ad for the fall, uh, Let Them Eat Ice Cream, uh, kind of referring back to, was it Marie Antoinette that said, Let Them Eat Cake, which cake, in case you didn't know, is kind of, what's left over in the oven after you've baked something. It's not, not really something you want to eat. We should be, we should but, have our scraps and be happy about it. Yeah, basically. Also, um, uh, we, there's a, a couple of meat packing plants. Purdue farms has shut down one of their plants and uh, another, uh, farm in, North Dakota or somewhere up there has closed down over the coronavirus. Now, there's no proof that the meat was infected, 
And frankly, if you cook your food to 160 or 180 degrees, which is the whole point of cooking food versus eating it raw, you're not going to have any viruses or germs in your food as long as you eat it, you know, within a reasonable amount of time after you cook it. So this next uh, scare or next run on stores we may have is going to be, I guess, a possible meat shortage. Have you heard about this? You know, the only thing that I've heard of is um, there was some kind of plant in the Dakotas, a sausage plant or something. And they were, um, I don't know, they, they had some issues with COVID-19. And I heard the guy on, on, on a radio program talking about how uh, this could have a significant impact on uh, availability of uh, meat in, in the country. Yeah, uh, the supply chain, you know, is being kind of tested. It's made to handle high volumes because we have a lot of high volume shopping stores. I think, you know, everywhere you go, you can get, you know, the family size pack of toilet paper. You can get the family size pack of lunch meat. And then you can get, you know, like the individual size, whatever, uh, but, you know, to, there's a very long process to uh, meet. I think actually in Salem, Ohio, they may have shut down this meat packing plant too over several employees getting coronavirus. But just because the employees have it doesn't necessarily infect the product. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, they're if they're using proper sanitary uh measures and wearing their gloves and they usually have a gown or a suit uh almost like a ppe suit when you're working in this places if it's any you know meat packing plant of uh value then you know it should be one of the more sanitary places you can go to so whatever but uh yeah that could be the next thing we need to stockpile or start filling our freezers with is, you know, uh, red meat or whatever meat you eat. Um, so that that's interesting. This virus is having a lot of effect on people, but. Well, I think that's, feel- I think that's the, that is like the big thesis thing here. And that is we rushed to shut down uh, basically the world. Um, yeah, but but the country economically through the states uh, off of, you know, models that have proven to be more than just inaccurate, just flat out wrong, bad data. I mean, just even beyond statistical relevance, um, the standard error in, in statistics. Um, so um, this was all done very quickly. And right. And I think. Uh, when you look at what Tyson Foods is saying here, that um, they uh, are faced with an impossible choice, continue to operate to sustain our nation's food supply or shutter in an attempt to entirely insulate our employees from risk. Um, It's impossible to keep protein on tables across America if our nation's meat plants are not running. Um, No kidding. So, this is a ripple effect. It's a domino. 
Um, there right. was a major university in Ohio, Kent State University, where the president announced today, along with the University of Akron, that uh, individually they're seeing over $110 million in lost revenue into the university because of state support for schools that are no longer going to be there and declining enrollment and other revenues. Uh, so they're looking mm-hmm. to cut their budgets by 20%. You, wow. you don't you don't hear so much detail right now about the effects on local government and state government finances, but those are going to be real. You're going to see significant revenue shortages uh, in the states across the country. Um, you know, one thing that I had here was just an estimate um, that uh, in, in Ohio, the Schools and local governments are losing an estimated $51 million for each month that the racinos and casinos are closed. So um, you have a big hit there. That's estimates that I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, there I've seen some um, figures... Uh, I thought maybe I had those a little bit more handy, but I don't. Anyhow, there was some other revenue figures that suggested that, um, you know, the state's unemployment rate could be upwards of 20 percent with an economic uh, impact um, that could be in the billions. That's real money when you're talking uh, state uh, when you're talking state finances. So you're seeing a lot of ripple effects. You're seeing hospitals. Um, now starting to lay people off, starting to cut hours, cut pay, cut contributions, um, uh, to the, um, to cut contributions to retirement funds, uh, and 401k, mm-hmm. you know, 401k plans. And, uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are finally starting to realize or, or at least prioritize, um, the fact that, um, you know, these decisions are, are going to have some long-lasting uh, consequences on the economy. And I say that not to, um, you know, marginalize uh, life and the loss of life. I say this because what we were told in the original projections that included social distancing just never materialized. So when we hear politicians say, you know, the people of Ohio or the people of wherever uh, did such a great job in flattening the curve. Well, to what degree uh, was the curve actually flattened? You know, if you, if you put, if you right. put where the curve is now, at least in Ohio, it's really low, which is great compared to the original projections. Well, that really looks impressive, but even when you put it up against the, second and third projections it's the degree you look at it and you go we went through all of this for that and we're finding out more and more and some people will dismiss this um as incomplete data but we're finding out more and more and i'm not a doctor i'm reading online just like everybody else but you're you're uh, finding out that perhaps more people had this than we even thought but not necessarily a bad thing that people were going around with this. They didn't know they were sick or they got sick and recovered. And by the time you get to positive sick, then the hospital, the numbers just never spiked. 
uh, like they thought they were going to. So, you know, that's all mm-hmm. a good thing uh, that it happened that way. And I don't blame the leaders for being presented with some jaw dropping numbers, but they just never materialized. And I think weeks ago, we could have made some precautions to get this moving a little sooner. And certainly, I think we can get it moving a lot sooner uh, than what we are. But uh, fact of the matter is, you know, we'll probably see a little bit of a spike uh, as we go into the fall. And, you know, we'll have to see how people react to this then. But that's natural. It's to be expected. Uh, uh, But in in the interim, we've got to figure out a way to address the economic reality here, and, and that is for two months, uh, the world's economies have been basically shut down, and that is going to be a serious. And I just was listening to the news with uh, a big restauranteur uh, in the region who owns a lot of bars and restaurants. He is out millions of dollars, millions of dollars, 14 to oh, yeah. 20, 15 to 20 percent. Of all restaurants in the state of Ohio, it's estimated by the Restaurant Association, are going to close and never reopen. Um, this yeah. this is real, and um, we'll see how we'll see how the state is able to bounce back from that, uh, and what kind of financial strain this is going to be on uh, the government. Well, this is from a. This info is on um, DaytonDailyNews.com, but this is the actual official uh, flyer, I guess you would call it, that uh, the governor and the Ohio Department of Health put out, hashtag in this together, blah, blah, blah. Continued closures, K through nine or K through 12 schools and daycares restaurants and bars there so these have no there's no date that these will reopen school may not start again in september as of right now we don't know restaurants and bars are they're allowed carry out and delivery services only so we thought restaurants and bars would be open again by mid-may but they're not so uh personal appearance and beauty services like hair salons, day spas, nail salons, barber shops, tattoo parlors. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, older adult daycare services and senior centers. I would imagine that's like uh, where your seniors go to play bingo and learn to knit and crochet and stuff. Uh, adult support and vocational rehab, cognitive settings. So that's like your uh, workshops where the handicap go to well work and you know get some vocational training uh room and boarding houses and workers camps entertainment recreation gymnasium the gambling industry uh and you can read all this stuff if you just google it but it seems like not a lot's reopening like the manufacturing businesses are going to reopen uh, because they can do safe social distancing. And if they can't, they have to put up barriers between the employees and keep things, uh, surfaces sanitized. Uh, 
I don't understand how they're going to police all of this. I mean, the restaurants and bars are the easiest because any local health department can basically take away your license to operate because restaurants and bars are required a lot of permits and a lot of uh, inspections by local health departments. But they said gatherings of 10 or more also are, well, more than 10. So it means you can't have 11 people in your house? What the hell does that mean? I mean, where else would you gather 11 people if it wasn't a restaurant or a bar or something like that? I mean, weddings are all being canceled. That's a big industry. For personal photographers, wedding planners, disc jockeys. I mean, this is hurting a lot of people. Over well, nothing. it's it's over a little bit more than nothing. I I will say that. I mean, there it is. Uh, it is a, it is a significant uh, virus. Uh, it it is highly contagious. It the, the the targeted population is some of the more vulnerable. Uh, so I'll disagree a little bit with that. Uh, it, it's a little bit more. It's more than nothing. But what it is, it's it's a major, um, you know, overreaction. Uh, or, well, I don't even want to go so far as to say that, because, again, if you were presented with this data uh, that was based off of bogus models, uh, I, I don't think I would fault anybody right. for what they did uh, in terms of the initial reaction. The problem is, is as this went along, uh, you could see by the end of March, the 1st of April, that this simply was not uh, what they were saying that it was. And the models, again, were um, revised beyond you know anything that would uh, render uh, anything to be statistically significant um but um it is what is real from this is the estimates that the unemployment at least in ohio could reach 22 percent uh think about that i mean that's a, a hell of a lot of people um yeah it's a lot of people that are in uh, service industry uh, work um, that weren't really making uh, a whole lot of guaranteed money or money in general. Uh, so, you know, these were paycheck to paycheck people and uh, they're, they're really going to feel the pinch on this. Um, but uh, yeah, I was looking for um, uh, some projections here from some of my spies and it looks like um, the sales and personal income tax only estimates, uh, at least in Ohio, were these are estimates were 2.24 billion. When you include all tax uh, sources, it's 2.5 billion. Uh, May and June combined, 4.6 billion. So, um, when will the state announce its shortfall? Uh, uh, Sales and personal income tax only estimates for April were 2.2 billion. Um, most businesses are closed, and unemployment is going to be estimated at 22 percent. So, so you know, I don't know what the math would work out there, but um, they're talking about a 20 percent across the board cut to fill the gap. Well, you know. It's going to be a significant amount of money. 
um, that, that we're talking about here. Um, and we've seen for weeks no significant uptick in, um, in rolling averages for infections and hospitalizations. Uh, and the models were, you know, just completely, uh, completely wrong. And, you know, talking about the effect on the local economy, um, due to decreased revenue from uh, income tax and things of that nature in the, in the first quarter, and this kind of came, what, the middle end of the first quarter, uh, whatever, the city of East Liverpool uh, had to lay off two police officers and you know there's this is one of the counties that's really hard hit by the uh heroin drug epidemic they had to pull their officers from the county drug task force and put them back on the beat to make up for laying off the two officers so there's that impact too it it is already hitting the local economies in the city, the small towns and cities, uh, you know, and you're going to hear more of that. Now, the governor's plan does allow for opening up the, uh, the medical facilities a little more uh, to elective surgeries and doc, regular doctor visits um, so that you know, you can now go to your dentist, thank goodness, uh, in case you have a toothache. Uh, why that is was non-essential, I don't understand. Uh, hospitals were losing their butts because people couldn't come in and get elective surgeries. And that's kind of where hospitals make their money, is elective surgeries. Not the, the guy that gets rushed into the ER because he's having a heart attack that doesn't have insurance probably, or, you know, some people that use the emergency room, like it's their doctor's office and go in uh, every time they have a cold or flu or ache or pain, um, you know, all those people that get, you know, well, even people with cancer have been having a hard time getting into their appointments because, it was considered their doctors were considered non-essential for some reason, you know, hard time getting into their doctor's appointments. Um, and I know we're seeing more and more of these uh, drive up testing things. I don't know about your, where you're at, but where I'm at, they're announcing it on the radio all the time, a new drive up testing at this park or that park in this or that town. But still, you have to pre-register, and you have to have symptoms. Well, that's not doing any good in the modeling. These models that we're dependent upon right now, if we're not catching the people that had the virus and now have antibodies to it, <coughs> as well as the people that had it and just didn't get very sick, or didn't get sick at all. So we're still not getting a clear picture for these models. Well, I think the more testing that you can do uh, will uh, provide that clear picture. But, you know, the question is, is how long 
do you remain on lockdown while you uh, assemble that data? That's going to take some time. I mean, in Ohio, they're just now getting it started uh, after two months of building up for it. And it's going to take them at least a month to get some significant testing done. And it's going to take obviously longer than that. You're going to have to employ a bunch of people to, you know, carry this project out, which is going to cost money. Uh, and I don't say any of this to be negative about it. It's just, you know, the reality of it. And again, what I think you're going to see is, you know, as these tests come in, you're probably going to see the case, um, the positive case uh, numbers shoot up. I know Dr. Acton mentioned 100,000. A lot of people said, well, we'll never get to 100,000. But like I mentioned earlier, it's quite possible that uh, several hundred thousand people in this state have had this thing. But uh, you know, had it and never got sick or had it got sick and recovered and never made it to the hospital. Uh, you know, this is a, a rare thing for a vast majority of people, 95, 96, 97% of the people, um, you know, are going to be fine, uh, from this. It's that small percentage that are going to get it and get sick. And then an even smaller percentage are going to be, uh, hospitalized. And then a, a really small percentage are going to die. And that's unfortunate. But when you put this in perspective or in, in uh, comparison to the flu or other things that happen in society where people could tragically lose their lives, um, you know, it doesn't jump out at you. Uh, it does because it's not a, um, there's no vaccine and it's new and it's political. Uh, so it does jump out at you for those reasons. But um, able to see others we don't know about, uh, and again, more testing will uh, get to this. Um, you know, you, you have to begin to say, um, we need to get the people back to work. We need to, you know, two billion, six billion, whatever the shortfalls are going to be in these states, that's going to take a long time to recover. And, and people yeah, just it, need it to really have, is. Here's, here's the second point to this. People just need to have common sense. You know, most of the guidelines that I see, uh, they talk about here's how to now operate in society. It's like these are no-brainers. These have always held. You know, wash your hands, wash surfaces, don't touch your face. You know, these are things that we've always been told to do. Now, we're going to get we're going to get to the thing right. here when they're going to start to ask people to wear masks. And a lot of people are going to say they don't want to do that. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you something. Wear the damn mask. Just it's not that big of a deal, um, especially when there is some or a lot of things that we don't know about this. Um, just put the damn mask on. You know, it's not a violation of your civil liberties. It's not big government coming in and, you know, wrecking your life. Um, it, it's just common sense. You know, if you're sick, don't go to work. Uh -huh. If you're sick, don't go to school. We've been hearing yeah. that for years. You know, right. clean and sanitize workplaces throughout the workday. Maintain good hygiene at all times. Wash hands. You know, those are those are constants. But we might have to you know, wear a mask for a little while in public. And you can go out and buy a face mask, relatively cheap, put a, your favorite sports team on it, 
put some kind of maybe get a MAGA face mask. How about that? Um, and you know, or whatever, <laughs> a Me Too face mask, or you know, Biden twenty twenty or whatever. You know, just embrace it because you, to a certain degree, you really do look stupid when you're complaint when you're making a a case about your civil rights being taken away, your civil liberties being taken away, when all they're asking you to do is wear a mask. And, you know, the, uh, was it the Surgeon General was on the, well, and the guy from, I think it's the FDA, they both wear a military uniform. But uh, they were saying, you know, the mask doesn't, protect you from getting the virus it protects you from spreading it to other people but i did see in dewine's plan that and i don't know if this starts may 1st or what but uh it said no mask no work no service uh so are people supposed to be turned out of businesses because well, they're not it's, wearing it's a mask. Gone back and forth. Because you know, originally the governor said it was going to be a requirement. Then uh, I think yesterday or earlier today, he, he clarified to say, uh, you know, I've heard from people and, and a mandate is just not something we want to do, but it's a strong suggestion that, uh, that you, that you wear a mask okay. when you go in any place and that they're even encouraging employers to, uh, have masks uh, on site to give to people who may not have one. And, you know, the information I read uh, earlier today, it may have, like I, you were saying, this info changes by the minute. And in a medical crisis, which you could say we're still in, uh, the information is going to change minute to minute. But yeah, I did see that in one, on one of the uh, graphs or charts or whatever these things are that they're putting out for businesses to reopen, that it was a requirement as part of the plan at some point. So um, in fact, a friend of mine posted it and I gave her the credit for saying, you know, no mask, no service. I said, you know, it's probably a pretty good idea. And then she said, well, I have to give the governor credit. And she showed me the slide from his press conference, whatever day it was, where it was on the Well, you know, look, uh, we've, had, yeah, we've had no, shoes, no, no shoes, no service for 50 years. You know, just add mask to it. Temporary. Yeah. It'll, it'll be okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I guess restaurants aren't going to be reopening, so I don't have to worry about this. But, like, my mom was at uh, Giant Eagle the other day wearing her mask. And I don't know if it was just it made her claustrophobic or something. But she was saying, you know, she got hot and she, you know, felt uncomfortable. People don't understand, like, if you're going into a restaurant, the waitresses work very hard. So doing anything that inhibits their breathing is going to be a problem for a waitress. And if this mask, I don't know if you've worn one any 
substantial amount of time. I haven't. But when you're carrying a 10 or 20 pound tray of food in your hand and you're, you know, walking around a lot, you've got to be able to breathe easily. Now, I don't, I'm not a mask expert and a lot of people are using homemade cloth masks and that could be a problem. But I'm just saying from one experience, you know, it made one person I know feel hodder than normal and well, harder you know, to there's going to be an adjustment. There's no doubt about and, and, it. I, I've never had to wear anything like this, but uh, you know, I I don't like the feeling of uh, you know uh, closed, you know, the, the, a feeling that uh, you know I'm closed in or boxed in, uh, claustrophobic or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that, that's not a very comforting feeling to me and I imagine a lot of other people as well, but you know, at the same time, it's going to take some adjustment. And I think you just, you, you know, it, it's, I've worn these things out now a few times, you know, it is, you know, it gets a little sweaty, you know, pulls your ears a little bit, but by and large, if you get a good one, or even if you don't have a good one, you'll, you'll learn to ignore it. Yeah, I'm sure after a while, you once, you know, the fear is over whenever that happens uh, and we say, okay, it's safe to take your mask off, it's going to feel awkward not having it if you've gotten used to wearing it. Um, but that, you know, that aside... Um, People are saying, you know, this is this virus isn't going to go away once the peak has happened. And also, um, we're going to have to live with these new this new way of life. Now, the social distancing I'm a fan of. I don't like people being all up on top of me uh, and things like that. But. At what point do we say we can go back to a normal life? Is it the point when there's a vaccine? Is it the point when there's a cure? I heard um, a, a rumor. I don't know where she got her information, but there's a possibility that doctors in Pittsburgh have come up with a cure. So... And they're not going to release it for two more months because it's in the testing phases. But, you know, there are 72 tests that we know of from the FDA and the press briefings from the president taking place now for uh, treatments or a.k.a. medication for this virus. Um, but what's what's the point when we go well, back I, to normal? I think you have to. You know, I mean, number one, uh, there has to be a vaccine. I mean, if you want to talk about what normal is, uh, yeah, you got to have a vaccine. But that doesn't mean that you can't go out and do things um, like you like you've done before. You know, you, we have to get back to that, and that's where we're all going to have to learn to do things a little bit differently for a while. But we have to have the freedom to be able to do it. And, you know, when people say we're opening up the economy, that doesn't mean that you are forced to come out of your house. I mean, if you don't feel safe, um, don't go to the restaurant, don't go to the bar, don't go to the, 
the retail store, you know, just stay at home or, you know, try to find a business that is catering to people who are still uncomfortable. You know, I saw a, a, a news story up here in Cleveland. Uh, there's a, a local store in a community around Cleveland. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, if people don't want to come into the store. We'll bring it out to the curb and give them their order. And, and so people are, you know, working together. And uh, I think that's what you have to keep in mind. So, you know, normal, probably a vaccine, but that doesn't mean that life doesn't get back to normal before then, because that's going to take a while. Um, yeah. And the curbside pickup uh, has been going on for a while. I know there's a, a small store. Um, anyway, it don't matter. Giant Eagle and Walmart have been doing, you know, curbside pickup for a while. And of course, Amazon will deliver just about anything to your front door. So where, you know, we don't have to leave our houses if we don't feel comfortable. I don't think we need to go down the AOC route with her latest uh, off-color video where she says, just <laughs> don't go back to work. Because you're not making enough money anyways. Uh, hello, zero, you know, one is always greater than zero. So it doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage. It's always better than no wage. You know, we can't keep these stimulus checks going out all the dang time. Uh, which I've heard there may be a stimulus check part two. Uh, and the Democrats want to send everybody $2,000 a month until there's a cure or a vaccine. Uh, I don't know if you've heard any of those rumors. Uh, no, I haven't heard of another round of, of, uh, of, of free money. Okay. Somebody was reading that to me off of uh, some news feed while I was giving them a ride. So I can't source that information, but that was something that was thrown out there anyways. Um, but I don't know. What else did you have to say on this? I'm trying to think of what my next thought was. Well, you know, uh, in so much as uh, that, you know, we, we've seen that the models uh, were uh, pretty, pretty off on this, uh, you know, more than just, you know, uh, a, you know, a minor statistical deviation. Uh, they're just really wrong. Um, I think, um, you know, we need to, we need to look back and we need, uh, uh, you know, we need, we need, uh, I thought maybe I had one of the articles here. Maybe we've already talked about it, This, which is why it's not uh, in, in front of me, but um, I think we've made our point. Yeah, well, I'm for all-out return to normalcy. Uh, I, I think you agree with the phased-in approach a little bit more, but um, it, it's just blowing my mind that we're still in this panic mode when I guess maybe the data is not getting out to the masses because the mainstream media is not reporting it. Uh, as far as the numbers of people that had the virus and never got sick that we're seeing from the antibody test, 
and Facebook has been taking down videos of a couple doctors in California that were saying, you know, if somebody had a bad heart and bad lungs, but they had the coronavirus, they're supposed to be marked down as dying of coronavirus. Uh, also, they were talking about the studies from USC, Santa Clara County, and also Germany has done a study. And also the Swiss model is not being reported very much uh, as far as, you know, Switzerland didn't, sh didn't shut down a whole lot. And their caseload and their, uh, their curve didn't get very high and all these things. So I think there's data out there that needs to come out to the public to ease the fears. And um, I'm sure Trump would present it, but he's already been so beaten up over, you know, the hydroxychloroquine and different things that he said uh, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to give my little presentation and I'm going to let the experts do the talking. At least that's how I've seen the last couple press conferences go. Um, did you catch yesterday's presidential press conference? I've kind of blocked those press conferences out. Um, uh, not because of any political thing one way or another, since I'm not finding them very useful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't find them as useful anymore. As even Dr. Or, yeah, Dr. Acton and Governor DeWine's press conferences, it, it's like we've played this out and it's almost like it's over. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> at the end of yesterday's, the last question Trump took and he handled it really well, considering how ignorant it was. Uh, this young reporter female asked him, uh, when a president has lost more Americans in six weeks than we lost in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve a second term? <laughs> and he just you know, gave her you know, the the facts of the matter of how many people were supposed to die and how they flattened the curve and, you know, ventilators and tests. Um, what would you have said if you were the president, somebody asked you a question, more people have died under you in the last six weeks than I'd died in all of the Vietnam get War. Lost. You know, I, like what, what does that have to do with anything? Um, yeah, I thought you know the, the, we got we got a disease in this country that came <laughs> right. from China, and uh, they lied about it and utilized uh, bribes within the World Health Organization to cover up uh, for their mistake. And however this thing started, and you're going to blame you're going to you're going to blame the president for all of that. He doesn't get any credit for uh, you know taking control of this thing and, and doing some things up front that have made a difference. Um, you know, I, I think almost everybody in the country did what they had to do um, 
you know, I, there's some questions about what really happened in New York. There's some questions about, you know, Cuomo telling people they had to uh, put COVID patients in nursing homes, which may have exacerbated the um, the spread of this thing, um, considering the targeted population. But maybe they were afraid of um, running out of space. You know, they had that big ship in 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 New York that you know, it was hardly filled. They had all those hospital tents put up in Central Park that were hardly ever used. They had a $20 million temporary facility in Houston, Texas, that they're thinking about taking down because nobody used it. Uh, all, again, that's not being critical. It's, it's good that we did that. It's good we didn't have to use it. But, you know, that's what we were faced with. And by and large, I felt like people uh, initially reacted appropriately to this. Trump said at the beginning, we're not going to have any travel uh, to and from China. Forget it. And he took a lot of flack over it. And then he instituted a travel ban to Europe and everyone was freaked right. out. You know, and I think he's made a good decision here in the last week or so to restrict immigration flow into the country until we are sure that uh, things are, are under control. Um, so, you know, a question like that, um, Again, but to be clear, I think a lot of uh, the problems that I have is is in the, you know, sort of delay to get the economy going again. I think we've we've taken way too long to recognize that, um, you know, the, the, the science and the data is telling us more people had this, less people got sick. The fatality rates are lower because of it. And, you know, the lockdowns may not have been the best, the universal lockdowns may not have been the best policy, you know, uh, maybe a more targeted uh, approach, uh, at least if not at the beginning, certainly a lot sooner than what we're seeing now. But, you know, in any event, to, you know, all of that said, to ask a question like that when People said, we need ventilators. We're not going to have ventilators. We have more ventilators than we know what to do with. Hospital space, the coordination at the federal level to get resources where they needed to be. Um, that was all because of Trump's leadership. And so I, I just think a question like that is just ridiculous. And it's right. why I don't watch the damn things anymore. Uh, I, personally, if I was Trump, and I know what he's thinking, you know, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to answer as many questions as they can throw at me. Well, you know, that has a downside to it. And the downside is, is, you know, they get to ask stupid questions to and that at the end of the day, really only put you in a, in a bind. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't have answered it. Yeah. And I frankly wouldn't do any more of these things for a while. Um, uh, and only give us updates when there's something solid to update us on. Yeah, I, I think that could be a plan going forward. Um, and, you know, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Barks and whoever can go on Sunday morning talk shows if they feel the urge uh, to go and answer questions. But I think the public's been given enough information. And I, the thing that I dislike is, we're not getting the new information about the antibody tests that are showing more people were sick and never 
knew it or more people had the virus and never got sick. Um, but that being said, I'm going to play us out of here with some Oingo Boingo. Do you feel like sticking around to talk uh, Browns uh, and Raiders well, draft when we come back? I'm here at the house. I've got a kid that's a little bit under the weather, but I've always, I enjoy the conversation for sure. And uh, uh, I think, I think we're all okay. in a very high anxiety um, state right now. A lot of whiplash from one conference to the other, but I think we can begin to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, and hopefully we can continue to put some pressure on our elective leaders to do the right thing, and that's allow us to uh, come out of this thing uh, in a way that doesn't inflict any more damage to the economy. Yeah, I I think that's the big thing now is get us back to work. Return to normalcy uh, as much as possible. And with that, we're going to end it. And we'll see you all the next time. Thanks for joining me. I It's good to have a, a second perspective on these God bless podcasts. America. So uh, with that, good night. God bless America and God all right. Well, we're going to uh, start over anew with this podcast. Uh, no, well, not everyone. Uh, I dropped my my recording device, and that messed everything up. My cell phone. So we've got new data that's come in that's showing that the number of people infected was rather high, but not the number that got sick, the number of people that died. Those things haven't changed, but we're seeing research on antibodies and things of that nature that are showing more people had the virus and either never went to the hospital because they didn't get sick enough or they just never got sick, period. Um, so I've been, I have a friend of mine, Doc from the Breaking Wall, has some unique perspectives, or should, I should say good perspectives, on how the reopening and the new data should be uh, interpreted and looked upon and things of that nature. So, Doc, welcome into the show. Um have you stocked up your $20,000 fridge with uh, shitty ice cream like Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> well, she has a pretty expensive uh, freezer to have all of that expensive ice cream. You know, Jenny's ice cream is no joke. It is some of the most expensive ice cream in the world um, that I've ever come across, frankly. Uh, and I've had it a couple of times. It's kind of a cult following. Uh, you go into a Jenny's ice cream store and they just don't have, here's the flavor. There's like a story behind these flavors. You know, Jenny went to a, a safari in Africa and fell into a ditch. And, you know, when she, when she woke up in the hospital, she tasted something funny. And so here's the flavor, you know, it's just really bizarre, the kind of thing that they have there. But, you know, I don't know if I would, not only would I, would I avoid pain, 
that kind of money for ice cream. Uh, I I would avoid Jenny's personally. If you Google, you can you will discover that there are some, some health issues with Jenny's ice cream. Uh, there was a listeria breakout a couple of years ago where they had to shut down operations for a pretty significant period of time. So Nancy Pelosi, as far as I'm concerned, she can have all the Jenny's ice cream she wants. Yeah, that's um, that was I was on like wasn't even on the late show. It was on the late late show, which shows you where Nancy Pelosi ranks in the world. But uh. That was just a strange episode, and it's now turned into a campaign ad for the fall. Uh, Let them eat ice cream, uh, kind of referring back to, was it Marie Antoinette that said, let them eat cake, which cake, in case you didn't know, is kind of what's left over in the oven after you've baked something. It's not not really something you want to eat. We should should have our scraps and be happy about it. Yeah, basically. Also, um, we there's a uh, couple of meat packing plants. Purdue Farms has shut down one of their plants, and uh, another uh, farm in North Dakota or somewhere up there has closed down over the coronavirus. Now, there's no proof that the meat was infected, and frankly, if you cook your food to 160 or 180 degrees, which is the whole point of cooking food versus eating it raw, you're not going to have any viruses or germs in your food as long as you eat it, you know, within a reasonable amount of time after you cook it. So this next uh, scare or next run on stores we may have is going to be, I guess, a possible meat shortage. Have you heard about this? You know, the only thing that I've heard of is um, there was some kind of plant in the Dakotas, a sausage plant or something. And they were, um, I don't know, they, they had some issues with COVID-19. And I heard the guy on, on, on a radio program talking about how uh, this could have a significant impact on uh, availability of, of meat in, in the country. Yeah, uh, the supply chain, you know, is being kind of tested. It's made to handle high volumes because we have a lot of high volume shopping stores. I think, you know, everywhere you go, you can get, you know, the family size pack of toilet paper. You can get the family size pack of lunch meat. And then you can get, you know, like the individual size, whatever, uh, but, you know, to, there's a very long process to uh, meet. I think actually in Salem, Ohio, they may have shut down this meat packing plant, too, over several employees getting coronavirus. But just because the employees have it doesn't necessarily infect the product. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, they're if they're using proper sanitary uh measures and wearing their gloves and they usually have a gown or a suit uh almost like a ppe suit when you're working in this places if it's any you know meat packing plant of uh value then you know it should be one of the more sanitary places you can go to 
So whatever. But uh, yeah, that could be the next thing we need to stockpile or start filling our freezers with is, you know, uh, red meat or whatever meat you eat. Um, so that that's interesting. This virus is having a lot of effect on people, but. Well, I think that's, I think that's the, that is like the big thesis thing here. And that is we rushed to shut down uh, basically the world. Um, Yeah. But, but the country economically through the States uh, off of, you know, models that have proven to be more than just inaccurate, just flat out wrong, bad data. I mean, just even beyond statistical relevance. Um, the standard error in, in statistics. Um, so um, this was all done very quickly. And, right. And I think uh, when you look at what Tyson Foods is saying here, that um, they uh, are faced with an impossible choice, continue to operate to sustain our nation's food supply or shutter in an attempt to entirely insulate our employees from risk. Um, it's impossible to keep protein on tables across America if our nation's meat plants are not running. Um, No kidding. So this is a ripple effect. It's a domino. Um, There was a major university in Ohio, Kent State University, where the president announced today, along with the University of Akron, that uh, individually they're seeing over 110 million dollars in lost revenue into the university because of state support for schools that are no longer going to be there and declining enrollment and other revenues Uh, so they're looking Mm -hmm. to cut their budgets by 20 percent wow you don't you don't hear so much detail right now about the effects on local government and state government finances but those are going to be real you're going to see significant revenue shortages uh, in the states across the country. Um, you know, one thing that I had here was just an estimate um, that uh, in, in Ohio, the schools and local governments are losing an estimated $51 million for each month that the racinos and casinos are closed. So, um you have a big hit there. That's estimates that I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, there I've seen some um, figures. Uh, I thought maybe I had those a little bit more handy, but I don't. Anyhow, there was some other revenue figures that suggested that um, you know the state's unemployment rate could be upwards of twenty percent uh, with an economic uh, impact. Um, that could be in the billions. Now that, that's real money when you're talking uh, state, uh, <clears throat> when you're talking state finances. So you're seeing a lot yeah, of ripple absolutely. effects. You're seeing hospitals um, now starting to lay people off, starting to cut hours, cut pay, cut contributions um, uh, to the, um, to cut contributions to retirement funds. Uh, and 401k, mm-hmm. you know, 401k plans. And uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are finally starting to realize or 
or at least prioritize um, the fact that, um, you know, these decisions are, are going to have some long uh, lasting consequences on the economy. And I say that not to, um, you know, marginalize uh, life and the loss of life, I say this because what we were told in the original projections that included social distancing just never materialized. So when we hear politicians say, you know, the people of Ohio or the people of wherever uh, did such a great job in flattening the curve, well, to what degree uh, was the curve actually flattened? You know, if, if you, put, if you right. put where the curve is now, at least in Ohio, it's really low, which is great compared to the original projections. Well, that really looks impressive. But even when you put it up against the second and third projections, it's the degree you look at it and you go, we went through all of this for that. And we're finding out more and more. And some people will dismiss this um, as incomplete data. But we're finding out more and more, and I'm not a doctor. I'm reading online just like everybody else. But you're, you're uh, finding out that perhaps more people had this than we even thought, but not necessarily a bad thing, that people were going around with this. They didn't know they were sick, or they got sick and recovered. And by the time you get to positive, sick, then the hospital, the numbers just never spiked. Uh, like they thought they were going to. So, you know, that's all mm -hmm. a good thing uh, that it happened that way. And I don't blame the leaders for being presented with some jaw-dropping numbers, but they just never materialized. And I think weeks ago, we could have made some precautions to get this moving a little sooner. And certainly, I think we can get it moving a lot sooner uh, than what we are. But uh, fact of the matter is, you know, we'll probably see a little bit of a spike uh, as we go into the fall. And, you know, we'll have to see how people react to this then. But that's natural. It's to be expected. Uh, uh, but in the in the interim, we've got to figure out a way to address the economic reality here. And, and that is for two months, uh, the world's economies have been basically shut down. And that is going to be a serious, and I just was listening to the news with uh, a big restauranteur uh, in the region who owns a lot of bars and restaurants. He is out millions of dollars, millions of dollars, 14 to oh, yeah. 20, 15 to 20% of all restaurants in the state of Ohio, it's estimated by the restaurant association are going to close and never reopen. Um, this, yeah. this is real and, um, we'll see how, we'll see how the state is able to bounce back from that, uh, and what kind of financial strain this is going to be on, uh, the government. Well, this is from, a. this info is on, um, DaytonDailyNews.com, but this is the actual official uh, flyer, I guess you would call it, that uh, the governor and the Ohio Department of Health put out, hashtag in this together, blah, blah, blah. Continued closures, K through nine or K through 12 schools 
and daycares, restaurants and bars. So these have no, there's no date that these will reopen. School may not start again in September as of right now. We don't know. Restaurants and bars are, they're allowed carry out and delivery services only. So we thought restaurants and bars would be open again by mid-May, but they're not. So uh, personal appearance and beauty services like hair salons, day spas, nail salons, barber shops, tattoo parlors. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, older adult daycare services and senior centers. I would imagine that's like uh, where your seniors go to play bingo and learn to knit and crochet and stuff. Uh, adult support and vocational rehab, cognitive-graded settings. So that's like your uh, workshops where the handicapped go to, well, work and, you know, get some vocational training. Uh, room and boarding houses and workers' camps. Entertainment, recreation, gymnasium, the gambling industry, uh, and you can read all this stuff if you just Google it, but it seems like not a lot's reopening. Like the manufacturing businesses are going to reopen uh, because they can do safe social distancing. And if they can't, they have to put up barriers between the employees and keep things uh, surfaces sanitized. I don't understand how they're going to police all of this. I mean, the restaurants and bars are the easiest because any local health department can basically take away your license to operate because restaurants and bars are required a lot of permits and a lot of uh, inspections by local health departments. But they said gatherings of 10 or more also are, well, more than 10. So it means you can't have 11 people in your house? What the hell does that mean? I mean, where else would you gather 11 people if it wasn't a restaurant or a bar or something like that? I mean, weddings are all being canceled. That's a big industry for personal photographers, wedding planners, disc jockeys. I mean, this is hurting a lot of people. Over well, nothing. it's it's over a little bit more than nothing. I I will say that. I mean, there it is. Uh, it is a, it is a significant uh, virus. Uh, it it is highly contagious. It the, the the targeted population is some of the more vulnerable. Uh, so I'll disagree a little bit with that. Uh, it, it's a little bit more. It's more than nothing. But what it is, it's it's a major, um, you know, overreaction. Uh, or, well, I don't even want to go so far as to say that, because again, if you were presented with this data uh, that was based off of bogus models, uh, I, I don't think I would fault anybody right. for what they did uh, in terms of the initial reaction. The problem is, is as this went along, uh, you could see by the end of March, the 1st of April, that this simply was not uh, what they were saying that it was. And the models, again, were um, revised beyond you know anything that would uh, render uh, anything to be statistically significant um, but um, it is what is real from this is the estimates that the unemployment at least in Ohio could reach 22 percent 
Uh, think about that. I mean, that's a, it's a hell of a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's a lot of people that are in uh, service industry uh, work um, that weren't really making uh, a whole lot of guaranteed money or money in general. Uh, so, you know, these were paycheck to paycheck people. And uh, they're they're really going to feel the pinch on this, um, but uh, yeah, I was looking for um, uh, some projections here from some of my spies, and it looks like um, the sales and personal income tax only estimates, uh, at least in Ohio, were these are estimates were two point two four billion. When you include all tax uh, sources. It's 2.5 billion. Uh, May and June combined 4.6 billion. So, um, when will the state announce its shortfall? Uh, uh, sales and personal income tax only estimates for April were 2.2 billion. Um, most businesses are closed. And unemployment is going to be estimated at 22%. So, so, you know, I don't know what the math would work out there, but um, they're talking about a 20% across the board cut to fill the gap. Well, you know, it's going to be a significant amount of money um, that, that we're talking about here. Um, and we've seen for weeks no significant uptick in, um, in rolling averages for infections and hospitalizations. Uh, and the models were, you know, just completely, uh, completely wrong. And, you know, talking about the effect on the local economy, um, due to decreased revenue from uh, income tax and things of that nature and the in the first quarter, and this kind of came, what, the middle end of the first quarter, uh, whatever, the city of East Liverpool uh, had to lay off two police officers. And, you know, there's this is one of the counties that's really hard hit by the uh, heroin drug epidemic. They had to pull their officers from the county drug task force and put them back on the beat to make up for laying off the two officers. So there's that impact too. It, it is already hitting the local economies in the city, the small towns and cities, uh, you know, and you're going to hear more of that. Now the governor's plan does allow for opening up, the uh the medical facilities a little more uh to elective surgeries and doc regular doctor visits um so that you know you can now go to your dentist thank goodness uh in case you have a toothache uh why that is was non-essential i don't understand uh hospitals were losing their butts because people couldn't come in and get elective surgeries and that's kind of where hospitals make their money is elective surgeries, not the, the guy that gets rushed into the ER because he's 
having a heart attack that doesn't have insurance probably, or, you know, some people that use the emergency room, like it's their doctor's office and go in uh, every time they have a cold or flu or ache or pain, um, you know, all those people that get, you know, well, even people with cancer have been having a hard time getting into their appointments because, it was considered their doctors were considered non-essential for some reason, you know, hard time getting into their doctor's appointments. Um, and I know we're seeing more and more of these uh, drive up testing things. I don't know about your, where you're at, but where I'm at, they're announcing it on the radio all the time, a new drive up testing at this park or that park in this or that town. But still, you have to pre-register, and you have to have symptoms. Well, that's not doing any good in the modeling. These models that we're dependent upon right now, if we're not catching the people that had the virus and now have antibodies to it, <coughs> as well as the people that had it and just didn't get very sick, or didn't get sick at all. So we're still not getting a clear picture for these models. Well, I think the more testing that you can do uh, will uh, provide that clear picture. But, you know, the question is, is how long do you remain on lockdown while you uh, assemble that data? That's going to take some time. I mean, in Ohio, they're just now getting it started uh, after two months of building up for it. And it's going to take them at least a month to get some significant testing done. And it's going to take obviously longer than that. You're going to have to employ a bunch of people to, you know, carry this project out, which is going to cost money. Uh, and I don't say any of this to be negative about it. It's just, you know, the reality of it. And again, what I think you're going to see is, you know, as these tests come in, you're probably going to see the case, um, the positive case, uh, numbers shoot up. I know Dr. Acton mentioned 100,000. A lot of people said, well, we'll never get to 100,000. But like I mentioned earlier, it's quite possible that uh, several hundred thousand people in this state have had this thing, but, uh, you know, had it and never got sick or had it got sick and recovered and never made it to the hospital. Uh, you know, this is a, a rare thing for a vast majority of people, 95, 96, 97 percent of the people um, you know, are going to be fine uh, from this. It's that small percentage that are going to get it and get sick. And then an even smaller percentage are going to be uh, hospitalized. And then a, a really small percentage are going to die. And that's unfortunate. But when you put this in perspective or in, in uh, comparison to the flu or other things that happen in society where people could tragically lose their lives, um, you know, it doesn't jump out at you. Uh, it does because it's not a, um, there's no vaccine and it's new and it's political. Uh, so it does jump out at you for those reasons. But um, able to see others we don't know about. Uh, and again, more testing will get to this. Um, you know, you, you have to begin to say, um, we need to get the people back to work. We need to, you know, 2 billion, 6 billion, whatever the shortfalls are going to be in these states. 
that's going to take a long time to recover. And and people yeah, just it, need it to really have, is. Here's here's the second point to this. People just need to have common sense. You know, most of the guidelines that I see, uh, they talk about here's how to now operate in society. It's like these are no brainers. These have always held. You know, wash your hands, wash surfaces, don't touch your face. You know, these are things that we've always been told to do. Now we're gonna get we're gonna get to the thing right. here when they're gonna start to ask people to wear masks. And a lot of people are gonna say they don't want to do that. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you something. Wear the damn mask. Just it's not that big of a deal. Um especially when there is some or a lot of things that we don't know about this. Um, just put the damn mask on. You know, it's not a violation of your civil liberties. It's not big government coming in and, you know, wrecking your life. Um, it, it's just common sense. You know, if you're sick, don't go to work. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, don't go to school. We've been hearing yeah. that for years. You know, clean and sanitize workplaces throughout the workday. Maintain good hygiene at all times. Wash hands. You know, those are those are constants. But we might have to, you know, wear a mask for a little while in public. And you can go out and buy a face mask, relatively cheap. Put your favorite sports team on it. Put some kind of maybe get a MAGA face mask. How about that? Um and, you know, or whatever, <laughs> a Me Too face mask or, you know, Biden 2020 or whatever, you know, just embrace it. Because you, to a certain degree, you really do look stupid when you're complaint when you're making a a case about your civil rights being taken away, your civil liberties being taken away, when all they're asking you to do is wear a mask. And, you know, the uh, was it the Surgeon General was on the, well, and the guy from, I think it's the FDA, they both wear a military uniform. But uh, they were saying, you know, the mask doesn't protect you from getting the virus. It protects you from spreading it to other people. But I did see in DeWine's plan that it, and I don't know if this starts May 1st or what, but uh, it said no mask, no work, no service. Uh, so it, are people supposed to be turned out of businesses because well, they're not it's, wearing it's a mask? Well, it's back and forth. Because you know, originally the governor said it was going to be a requirement. Then uh, I think yesterday or earlier today, he, he clarified to say, uh, you know, I've heard from people and, and a mandate is just not something we want to do, but it's a strong suggestion that uh, that you that you wear a mask okay. when you go in any place and that they're even encouraging employers to uh, have masks uh, on site to give to people who may not have one. And, you know, the information I read uh, earlier today, it may have, like I, you were saying, this info changes by the minute. And in a medical crisis, which you could say we're still in, uh, the information is going to change minute to minute. 
But yeah, I did see that in one, on one of the uh, graphs or charts or whatever these things are that they're putting out for businesses to reopen, that it was a requirement as part of the plan at some point. So, um, in fact, a friend of mine posted it, and I gave her the credit for saying, you know, no mask, no service. I said, you know, that's probably a pretty good idea. And then she said, well, I have to give the governor credit. And she showed me the slide from his press conference, whatever day it was, where it was on the Well, you know, look, uh, we've, graphic, had, yeah, we've had no, shirt, no, mask. no shoes, no service for 50 years. You know, just add mask to it. Temporary. Yeah. It'll, it'll be okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I guess restaurants aren't going to be reopening, so I don't have to worry about this. But, like, my mom was at uh, Giant Eagle the other day wearing her mask. And I don't know if it was just it made her claustrophobic or something, but she was saying, you know, she got hot and she, you know, felt uncomfortable. People don't understand, like, if you're going into a restaurant, the waitresses work very hard. So doing anything that inhibits their breathing is going to be a problem for a waitress. And if this mask, I don't know if you've worn one any substantial amount of time. I haven't. But when you're carrying a 10 or 20 pound tray of food in your hand and you're you know, walking around a lot, you've got to be able to breathe easily. Now, I don't, I'm not a mask expert and a lot of people are using homemade cloth masks and that could be a problem. But I'm just saying from one experience, you know, it made one person I know feel hotter than normal and well, harder you know, to breathe. there's going to be an adjustment. There's no doubt about and, it. I, I've never had to wear anything like this, but uh, you know, I I don't like the feeling of uh, you know uh, closed, you know, the, the, a feeling that uh, you know I'm closed in or boxed in, uh, claustrophobic or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that, that's not a very comforting feeling to me and I imagine a lot of other people as well, but you know, at the same time, it's going to take some adjustment. And I think you just, you, you know, it, it's, I've worn these things out now a few times, you know, it is, you know, it gets a little sweaty, you know, pulls your ears a little bit, but by and large, if you get a good one, or even if you don't have a good one, you'll, you'll learn to ignore it. Yeah, I'm sure after a while, you once, you know, the fear is over whenever that happens uh, and we say, okay, it's safe to take your mask off, it's going to feel awkward not having it if you've gotten used to wearing it. Um, but that, you know, that aside... Um, People are saying, you know, this is this virus isn't going to go away once the peak has happened. And also, um, we're going to have to live with these new this new way of life. Now, the social distancing I'm a fan of. 
I don't like people being all up on top of me uh, and things like that. But at what point do we say we can go back to a normal life? Is it the point when there's a vaccine? Is it the point when there's a cure? I heard um, a, a rumor. I don't know where she got her information, but there's a possibility that doctors in Pittsburgh have come up with a cure. So, and they're not going to release it for two more months because it's in the testing phases. But, you know, there are 72 tests that we know of from the FDA and the press briefings from the president taking place now for uh, treatments or AKA medication for this virus. Um, but what's, what's the point when we go well, back I, to normal? I think you have to, you know, I mean, number one, uh, there has to be a vaccine. I mean, if you want to talk about what normal is, uh, yeah, you got to have a vaccine, but that doesn't mean that you can't go out and do things um, like you, like you've done before. You know, you, we have to get back to that. And that's where we're all going to have to learn to do things a little bit differently for a while. But we have to have the freedom to be able to do it. And, you know, when people say we're opening up the economy, that doesn't mean that you are forced to come out of your house. I mean, if you don't feel safe, um, don't go to the restaurant. Don't go to the bar. Don't go to the, the retail store. You know, just stay at home or, you know, try to find a business that is catering to people who are still uncomfortable. You know, I saw a, a, a news story up here in Cleveland. Uh, there's a, a local store in a community around Cleveland. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, if people don't want to come into the store. We'll bring it out to the curb and give them their order. And, and so people are, you know, working together. And uh, I think that's what you have to keep in mind. So, you know, normal, Probably a vaccine, but that doesn't mean that life doesn't get back to normal before then, because that's going to take a while. Um, yeah, and the curbside pickup uh, has been going on for a while. I know there's a, a small store. Um, anyway, it don't matter. Giant Eagle and Walmart have been doing, you know, curbside pickup for a while. And of course, Amazon will deliver just about anything to your front door. So where, you know, we don't have to leave our houses if we don't feel comfortable. I don't think we need to go down the AOC route with her latest uh, off-color video where she says, just <laughs> don't go back to work because you're not making enough money anyways. Uh, hello, zero you know, one is always greater than zero. So it doesn't matter if you're making minimum wage. It's always better than no wage. You know, we can't keep these stimulus checks going out all the dang time, uh, which I've heard there may be a stimulus check part two. Uh, and the Democrats want to send everybody $2,000 a month until there's a cure or a vaccine. Uh I don't know if you've heard any of those rumors. Uh, no, I haven't heard of another round of, of, uh, of, of free money. Okay. Somebody was reading that to me off of uh, some news feed while I was giving them a ride. So I 
can't source that information, but that was something that was thrown out there anyways. Um, but I don't know. What else did you have to say on this? I'm trying to think of what my next thought was. Well, you know, uh, in, in so much uh, as that, you know, we, we've seen that the models uh, were uh, pretty, pretty off on this, uh, m- you know, more than just, you know, uh, a, you know, a minor statistical deviation. Uh, they're just really wrong. Um, I think, um, you know, we need to, we need to look back and we need, uh, uh, you know, we need, we need, uh, I thought maybe I had one of the articles here. Maybe we've already talked about it, This, which is why it's not uh, in, in front of me, but um, I think we've made our point. Yeah, well, I'm for all-out return to normalcy. Uh, I I think you agree with the phased-in approach a little bit more, but um, it's just blowing my mind that we're still in this panic mode when I guess maybe the data is not getting out to the masses because the mainstream media is not reporting it. Uh, as far as the numbers of people that had the virus and never got sick that we're seeing from the antibody test. And Facebook has been taking down videos of a couple doctors in California that were saying, you know, if somebody had a bad heart and bad lungs, but they had the coronavirus, they're supposed to be marked down as dying of coronavirus. Uh, Also, they were talking about the studies from USC, Santa Clara County, and also Germany has done a study. And also the Swiss model is not being reported very much uh, as far as, you know, Switzerland didn't didn't shut down a whole lot. And their caseload and their uh, their curve didn't get very high and all these things. So I think there's data out there that needs to come out to the public to ease the fears. And um, I'm sure Trump would present it, but he's already been so beaten up over, you know, the hydroxychloroquine and different things that he said uh, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to give my little presentation and I'm going to let the experts do the talking. At least that's how I've seen the last couple press conferences go. Um, did you catch yesterday's presidential press conference? I've kind of blocked those press conferences out. Um, uh, not because of any political thing one way or another, since I'm not finding them very useful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't find them as useful anymore. Even Dr. Or, yeah, Dr. Acton and Governor DeWine's press conferences, it, it's like we've played this out and it's almost like it's over. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> at the end of yesterday's, the last question Trump took And he handled it really well, considering how ignorant it was. 
this young reporter female asked him, uh, when a president has lost more Americans in six weeks than we lost in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve a second term? <laughs> and he just, you know, gave her, you know, the the facts of the matter of how many people were supposed to die and how they flattened the curve and, you know, ventilators and tests. Um, what would you have said if you were the president, somebody asked you a question, more people have died under you in the last six weeks than I died in all of the Vietnam War. Get lost. You know, I, like what, what what does that have to do with anything? Um, yeah, I thought you know the, the, we got we got a disease in this country that came <laughs> right. from China, and uh, they lied about it and utilized uh, bribes within the World Health Organization to cover up uh, for their mistake. And however this thing started, and you're going to blame you're going to you're going to blame the president for all of that. He doesn't get any credit for. Uh, you know, taking control of this thing and and doing some things up front that have made a difference. Um, you know, I, I think almost everybody in the country did what they had to do. Um, you know, I, there's some questions about what really happened in New York. There's some questions about, you know, Cuomo telling people they had to uh, put COVID patients in nursing homes, which may have exacerbated the um, the spread of this thing, um, considering the targeted population. But maybe they were afraid of um, running out of space. You know, they had that big ship in 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 New York that you know was hardly filled. They had all those hospital tents put up in Central Park that were hardly ever used. They had a uh, $20 million temporary facility in Houston, Texas that they're thinking about taking down because nobody used it. Uh, all again, that's not being critical. It's, it's good that we did that. It's good. We didn't have to use it, but you know, that's what we were faced with. And by and large, I felt like people uh, initially reacted uh, appropriately to this. Trump said at the beginning, we're not going to have any travel uh, to and from China, forget it. And he took a lot of flack over it. And then he instituted a travel ban to Europe and everyone was freaked right. out, you know, and I think he's made a good decision here in the last week or so to restrict immigration flow into the country until we are sure that uh, things are, are under control. Um, so, you know, a question like that, um, again, but to be clear, I think a lot of uh, the problems that I have is, is in the, you know, sort of, delay to get the economy going again. I think we've, we've taken way too long to recognize that, um, you know, the, the, the science and the data is telling us more people had this, less people got sick. The fatality rates are lower because of it. And, you know, the lockdowns may not have been the best. The universal lockdowns may not have been the best, policy, you know, um, maybe a more targeted uh, approach, uh, at least if not at the beginning, certainly a lot sooner than what we're seeing now. But, you know, in any event, to, you know, all of that said, 
to ask a question like that when people said we need ventilators, we're not going to have ventilators. We have more ventilators than we know what to do with. Hospital space, the coordination at the federal level to get resources where they needed to be. Um, that was all because of Trump's leadership. And so I, I just think a question like that is just ridiculous. And it's right. why I don't watch the damn things anymore. Uh, I, personally, if I was Trump, and I know what he's thinking, you know, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to answer as many questions as they can throw at me. Well, you know, that has a downside to it. And the downside is, is you know, they get to ask stupid questions to, and that at the end of the day really only put you in a, in a bind. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have answered it. Yeah. And... I frankly wouldn't do any more of these things for a while uh, and only give us updates when there's something solid to update us on. Yeah, I, I think that could be a plan going forward. Um, and, you know, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Barks and whoever can go on Sunday morning talk shows if they feel the urge uh, to go and answer questions, but I think the public's been given enough information. And I, the thing that I dislike is we're not getting the new information about the antibody test that are showing more people were sick and never knew it, or more people had the virus and never got sick. Um, but that being said, I'm going to play us out of here with some Oingo Boingo. Do you feel like sticking around to talk uh, Browns uh, and Raiders well, draft when we come back? I'm here at the house. I've got a kid that's uh, a little bit under the weather, but I've always I enjoy the conversation for sure. And uh, uh, I think I think we're all okay. in a very high anxiety um, state right now. A lot of whiplash from one conference to the other, but. I think we can begin to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully we can continue to put some pressure on our elective leaders to do the right thing. And that's allow us to uh, come out of this thing uh, in a way that doesn't inflict any more damage to the economy. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing now is get us back to work. Return to normalcy uh, as much as possible. And with that, we're going to end it. And we'll see you all the next time. Thanks for joining me. I, it's good to have a, a second perspective on these God bless podcasts. America. So uh, with that, good night. God bless America and God